going on, guys? Welcome to the New Rich Podcast. I'm your host. I go by the name of R.S. Plaza. And today we have a super special dope guest in the building. He goes by the name of Skeety Johnson. What's going on, my brother? What's up, my guys? How you doing, man? How you doing? How you feel today? Chilling, chilling, been moving, getting ready to make this move, setting up my new, you know, new year, new me type of bullshit. Um, I, I hear you. Let's take a step back before we get into all, all, all the plays. Who, who is Skitty Johnson, man? In a one-liner, two-liner, who, who are you, man? What do you do? For the people that don't know you, right? I'm just a free spirit, bro. One minute you'll catch me here, next minute I'm, in a, I'm just with the vibes, man. Wherever the positive vibe, and that's where I go, I... I I'm a main believer, peace of mind is a hell of a drug, and I go wherever I find that drug right there. Nice. So peace of mind is a hell of a drug, and you go where where you got to find it to get that drug. I like that. That's dope. Now, professionally, man, which for the people that don't know, uh, what do you do for a career? Um, I'm a tattoo artist. I started off doing graffiti, and I do tattoos now. I'm into hyper-realism, uh, color hyper-realism. Yeah, and I'm slowly leading into painting. I do oil, barely do acrylic, but mainly oil. Um, I like, like I said, I like to be free. And, you know, tattooing clients, 70% of the clients give me free range, but like a canvas doesn't tell you what they want or how to do it or it's just free. And that's where I'm off right now. Nice. I like that, man. And it just just to, just to add some credit credibility, when I mean this guy's tattoos is insane, they are insane. I'll probably in the promo try to do a picture of it or, um, you know, put it. We definitely put a link so you can go see his stuff. But my guy is insane. Who are some of like, you know, because you've done tattoos for some people, like just name a few people that you've probably done tattoos for. Um. I did Tarim Prince. I, he was in Atlanta Hawk when I was tattooing him, but he's in uh, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, ha Ha Clinton Dix. He's in Chicago Browns, I think. Football he, player, right? Yeah, he was originally in Green Bay. Then I did Sam Barrington. He was Green Bay. DeAndre Dearby. He was uh, Atlanta. I did another Seahawk dude. Um, oh. Dante Johnson for the 49ers at the time. I don't know what he plays for now. So a few, few nice, people nice. here and there. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did some work for some people. And um, how did, how would you say that you even got to, you know, um, to do those people? Like I ain't going to lie. My accident, keep it real with you, after my accident. Even though before my accident, I did my first ball player. Um, I used to hang out with a lot of strippers. And then I used to use strippers like billboards as a marketing tool. And, you know, I would find out if you worked in Starlets or somewhere high end, I'll give you a free tattoo because I know you're going to bump into these real people that are going there spending money. So I want their money, too. So I use you like a billboard. I put my product on you. You walk around. You might shake your ass, but you're getting attention. They're going to ask you about that tattoo and then you're going to steer on my way. And that's what I used to use in the beginning. And then after that, I feel like my accident, you know, people like seeing real things and I'm alive after, if you go on my Instagram, the first picture on my Instagram is a picture of me laid out on the ground dead. And that's the first thing most people talk about with me. It's like, yo, I see a picture of you dead. Like what happened? How? And I feel like a lot of people see the hard work of, you know, coming from there and starting all over again. And they give me more of a chance now. Like, 
That's dope, man. And, and, and that's the perfect, that's the perfect leeway into where I wanted to go. And I definitely wanted to touch there. So let's deep dive into that. Right. So you, you were doing tattoos and stuff at, at, a, at this point before the accident, right? Like let's, let's, let's talk about like, let's get to the month before the accident. Right. Who, who are you? Who is that person? A month I, before? So let's talk of maybe like in 2000, everything. So I was always, you know, I went from being young, trapping and, you know, doing all the ignorant thing because I didn't listen to people or the most important people like my father. Then my father passes away. Um, I get put on Xanax. And after that, it was just a shit show. I was just, you know, if you know about Xanax, you don't think, you don't care, you don't feel. And I was producing great work. It wasn't work that I was producing now, but I was just funny and I was just retarded. The things I would do, say, I done ruined relationships and then it led up, you know, to where I was at. I was, cause of acting the way I was, I didn't think right. And I was always put in the club scene, strip club scene. And I always bumped shoulders with certain people and slowly led into meeting all these people. And I feel like they started following me. And then after my accident, they seen the 360, coming like I literally documented my whole recovery you know walking with a walker walking on an air I think it's called uh damn it was like a treadmill with an air like it was a big air bubble lifted you up so you put no weight on your hips because I got a brand new hip and like I got seven fractured vertebrae the amount of damage I put on my body they said I wouldn't tattoo and most people saw me come up off that and I completely changed so let's take a step back to that day, right? So, so are you, are you on pill? Like, what? Like, are you no, high? For sure, for sure. I used to be a five Xanax man. I support cough syrup. Um, so, I went to Cleveland, Ohio, to watch uh, my boy Dante for the 49ers play. Uh, the what was Cleveland's team? I think the Brown- Cle- Browns. Browns, Cleveland Browns. They're playing the Browns, whatever. I literally slept the whole because I was off the Xanax. And uh, I remember right before I went over there, I, I was giving up the pills. I was like, yo, I'm going to go to rehab after this. This is my last hoorah, this, that, and the third. And yo, I literally woke up in the hospital like thinking I was in Cleveland and I wasn't in Cleveland. It was just a big blur in between. And I woke up Xanax-free, Four months later, uh, from they say a, you died when in your accident, yeah, right? Yeah, I died a couple of times. Uh, so I used to be a big smoker. Um, I used to smoke. I used to be like, I used to be proud of saying I smoked seven grams in a day, and that was like my goal. And I used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day, and my lungs kept on collapsing. Mind you, as a baby, I always had lung problems. I had chronic bronchitis. I shouldn't have been smoking, and I was bad. And you know with all the trauma, the head trauma, but my lungs were shutting down while I was, you know, first got in there. They even knew like, so I had walking pneumonia when they literally, when I got in my accident, they said I would have died if I didn't get in that accident because of the color of my skin, just because I was self-medicating my walking pneumonia. I thought I had bronchitis. So I was drinking hella cough syrup, was taking painkillers, because my body felt like it was hurting. And I was just substituting everything. If I was down, I was doing some Coke or some Adderall or whatever. Like I was just 
Like yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, I was taking it, that cocktail. It, and, it, and it started with the pain from your from your father passing away. So yeah, like that amplified it. The mental was the Xanax, and then the summer before my accident, I was like, oh, I'm gonna quit Xanax and I'm gonna live this different life. And I quit it for a week. We went hiking. I went cliff diving. I broke my back. Oh my god! Then I got into blues. I got into the. I was tattooing with a brace on because it wasn't like I cannot not tattoo. I had to support a habit and I had to support a lifestyle. So I just doubled up on the medication and just went in. And, you know, doctors, I remember at the time, my doctor was like, oh, I'll cut you off if you get serious. And I'll be like, doc, the the pills ain't working. All right, I'm going to double it up. I'm going to double it up. And by the time I know I'm taking benzos and this, that, and the third, and it's like, damn, I thought you was going to cut me off. Like, you just keep on doubling it up. That's crazy. So so you go from this near-death experience. What, what mindset, you know, at, at that point, it's easy to say, all right, man, I'm done. Like, I'm washed. Like, you know, you've died a few times. Every bone in your body's broken. Like, you could have easily hung it up and said, you know, that's it. What, what, and what mindset were you to come back and be like, yo, I need to be back? I don't know. It's just, you know, it's crazy in my coma the whole time I knew I tattooed. I didn't know nothing else, but I knew I tattooed. And when I woke up, I remember being put with the situation of being like, I, is either I'm, a, I guess I'm going to be selling drugs for the rest of my life or I'm going to give it a year. And I gave it a year to the point where, one moment to another, I knew if I stayed in my neighborhood, I'm just going to get washed and really be stuck on these pills, get in trouble, just because everything was accessible. And at the time, my, my dad passed away. He was well off, and he had a house in Kissimmee. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to leave, and I'm going to go to Kissimmee and just get my mind right. Had a job, pulled up. And I remember tattooing for two hours in the beginning, three hours, because my back would hurt. Four hours. I remember the goal was to be able to sit down and tattoo for 12 hours. I reached that goal. Everything was set in little micro goals, reaching it, then setting more micro goals to reach the big goal. And now it's to the point where it's like mentally doing 12 hour tattoo. I can't do that no more just because mentally stimulated to sit there and tattoo is rough. You know, I'd rather break it down into two sits. The client is hurting. They're jumping all over the place. Maybe if it's in a situation where they're flying down and um, I'm in my back against the wall, I'll probably sit and do 12, 15 hour tattoo, but there's no need for that no more. Like torture for both of us. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That drive and stuff just ain't there no more. Um, so what 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 things like yeah it was like micro you know you alluded to to micro goals but what else did you use at that time to keep your mind like so, so in my a coma i met my maker god whatever you want to call him um i remember this whole time in my coma i was stuck in a hospital bed like i could walk in the hospital bed back and forth but i couldn't leave I ended up in Brazil. I ended up with my friends over here. But I was in this hospital bed. And the whole time, everybody's like, did you learn your lesson? You can't. No, you're in trouble. You can't leave that hospital bed. And then um, I left the hospital bed. And I'm in my high school hallway going up the stairwell. And it's the science hallway or whatever. And I get up the stairwell. You make a left. You go end up towards the auditorium. You make another left. You're at the principal's office. So I, I open the door, I make the left, and it's dark as fuck. 
And I literally sit down, like I'm walking and I say what up to the teacher. He says nothing, it's dark. And while I'm walking, this walk was long. Let me tell you, it was long ass walk. I ain't never had a walk this long in my life. As I was opening up my locker, like looking up, like each locker I would open, I was looking for something. It'd be a memory from, I'm talking about little, with my brother, with my boys, like all different lockers were different memories and it kept on getting brighter and brighter. Mind you, when my dad died, me and him didn't talk and he talked to me like three days, two days before he, he passed away and he came to peace and I didn't. And I helped, that's what led me to the mm. massive amount of drug usage because I had a crazy regret because I felt like I let him down and you know I should have listened to him. That was neither here nor there. So at the end of the hallway where you got to make a left to go to the principal, my dad was there. Mm. And I sat down, not in sit down, but I was talking to him and, you know, I, I let it all out. Like, I didn't want to talk to him before he passed away. I didn't know he was going to pass away. I just didn't want to ruin the moment with saying the things I had to say because I had a lot of things bottled up. And now I know whenever you got something to say, just say it because it's over with. And then mm. you can move on from there. So I talked to my dad, get my peace. I make my left. I go to the principal's office. Um, the principal's secretary is right there. I crack my joke. I sit down. She tells me to go to the principal's office. I go to the principal's office. And it's like a dark room, but there's a spotlight on the desk. He sits up. I can't see his face. All I know is the shoes. He's wearing red bottoms because he put them on top of the desk. His legs are crossed over. Like All I see is the shoes. We're talking. And all I really remember was like, he showed me two lives. Like, you know, one life I was like lonely. There was like, I had everything. It looked like I had a huge ass house. I had, it looked like I had a lot of money, but it, it was, I looked at lonely and it looked like I was looking for somebody, but there was nobody there. And then I had another, like, you know, um, back in the day they had the Christmas movie where they had the dude where he would go through like, uh, he was like a, a stingy old man and they showed life, like life, different lives he had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of like that. And then the other one, it showed me with like two kids or three kids. And it, I looked at happy. I didn't look that rich, but I didn't have no, it, it, it looked at completely different of what my goal was ever since, you know, I was, I remember it was like, get rich, die trying, you know, uh, tomorrow ain't guaranteed. So we're going to live it up. And. I didn't look like that person, you know, yeah. and I woke up and right before I woke up, my higher power told me, are you going to be great? And I woke up from, I remember to this day, mentally waking up because they said I woke up from my How long coma. were you in the coma? So I was until March, but they induced me towards mm. the end, but I'd wake up, but mentally I wouldn't be there. Like my mom would tell me they would they couldn't put Judge Judy or whatever Judge Mathis on because then I'd be like, yo, we're gonna have to pay a crazy fine. Like like I'd be all fucked up. And so I remember mentally waking up and mentally waking up was just like waking up from DMT or if you ever got passed out on ease, like your body like falls into like your spiritual body falls into your actual body. And it was crazy, like the people that were there and you know. It was like, damn, from the day I woke up, I had a choice to make. We could live this life or we could sacrifice and try to live the other type of life that I never really ever thought about. And it's crazy. From that day on, I realized it's all a sacrifice. And, you know, the other day I read a meme. It's like if you feel pressure 
pressed, uh, dark. It's telling you you're leading through to make a breakthrough to the brightness. And it's true. Like, you know, when I moved to Florida, to Kissimmee, I was in a four-bedroom house by myself. Mind you, I used to be with a minimum of four people a day. I always had people around me just because I always felt empty. So I always had people around me. And I was literally put in a situation where I was by myself. And I had me and my thoughts. And it's crazy. I, I picked up oil painting just for my mental. And I literally learned how to set my thoughts. I used to hear a voice in my head and I used to take drugs not to hear this voice. And now I want to hear that voice. That voice is telling me what to do. If I'm scared of it, that means that's what I got to do Yeah. nowadays. And it's crazy. You know, a lot of people, you know, run away from their fears. And now I'm trying to run towards the fears. And I feel like the fears are getting less and less. It's like, all right, fuck it. I remember going to Barcelona. We were just talking before you were recording. And it's just that faith, you know, just running, running on faith. I wanted to get to that. I wanted to get to that. And uh, I went to Barcelona. I was a mark, bro. I had a a brace on the arm. I was with a cane, brace on the leg. I went to Barcelona with the last little dollars I had to take. It was um, Globe Tattoo Seminar, something like that. They had all these dudes from the other side of the world that I wanted to learn how to tattoo. You know, I could have came back and the shop that I was working at over here was all of them were phenomenal in black and gray. And most people in the East Coast do black and gray, but nobody really do color realism. That's like some European thing. So I went out there. I went out there on a buddy pass. I got over there. Mind you, when I came back, there was no buddy passes back. I had to fly to Russia to take a 24 hour trip to fly back and had faith in all that. Literally came back with five dollars. So going back to Barcelona, um, Mind you, I know people that got robbed. You know, they're pickpocketers. They stick you up over there with a knife. And I got, first moment I pull up, I get to the hotel. Uh, They tell me, oh, it's not checking. So I I get a cab driver. I get this cab driver, cool ass old man. Don't know him from a can of paint. Got all my stuff on me. My electronics on my backpack. My money all on my person. Um, So I'm like, at the time I was smoking heavy. So I was like, I, I need to get weed. So over there, they got these little hidden smoke, like cafes, but it's different because you have to get vouched in. Like somebody be like, yo, give him a card. He's vouched in. He's my friend. And you get part of this. Nobody want to vouch me in. So we're driving all around all different spots to try. Mind you, at this point, I'm like, I might as well make this my tour because I'm already at 150 euros driving around this whole city from smoke shop to smoke shop to this uh, medical spot to that one. It got to the point where we ended up in Las Ramblas. Las Ramblas is like one of the most pickpocket place. And I'm, you know, I'm not an idiot. I've been to different hoods. I done lived in Miami. I lived in many different hoods and I always, you know, was real observant. So I, I peeped game. There was this little kid. He pickpocketed the person, handed the money to this other kid. That kid came back and gave it to this older guy on the bench. So I just sat back. I sat right next to him. I spent, mind you, the cab driver is still in the cab with all my stuff. Things, the the rate is going up by the minute. And I paid him before I left just the beginning half and told him, let it go because I'll pay for it. And it's probably going to be a while. He could have beat me for everything, but I had faith. I, I believe that I paid for my sins at the time. That's why I went through what I did. I sit down next to this dude. We start conversating. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm from the U.S. I'm telling him Spanish. I just want to smoke some weed, man. Look at me. I'm all fucked up. I'm in pain. I just want weed. I don't do painkillers. I don't do none of that. 
So he called the little kid that pickpocket. I had to follow him through alleyways. They could have got me. For Mind you, they would have came up because I had all my money on me, my cards. I had at the time a Nikon D7300 in a backpack, beat headphones. I was wearing my headphones on me, everything, bro. Following this dude through these through these little alleyways, sketchy as hell, end up to this smoke shop. Boom. He vouches. I told him I was going to pay him. Literally, I pull out, forgetting where I was at in the situation, I pull an ignorant move. I pull out all my money. He sees all my money in my hand. And at that time, I was like, fuck, I got faith. I gave him his money. I was like, yo, wait right here. I'm going to go get some weed. We can smoke on the way out. And I'm going to break you off for waiting and, and leave me out. So whatever, I waited for him. Didn't think nothing of it. I thought about afterwards, like, damn, he could have got me. Got my weed. We smoked in a smoke shop, smoked on the boat. Remembered that I have a cab driver with all my stuff out of nowhere. It's now 45 minutes later. I get over there. He's still there with my stuff. And it was like, damn, bro, as long as I keep a positive mentality, positive things that happen. It got to the point where I ended up back in the U.S. with negative $5. Like, I made it over there with the skin of my teeth. That's crazy. What was your relationship with God before the accident, if any? I grew up very Catholic as a youth until probably my first communion. I remember in my first communion, my whole little row in the, you know, church, like it was a row, you know, first row was these people, second row. We got kicked up, kicked out and almost got kicked out the first communion because we was like when the preacher would say stuff, we'll just get up. And one of my boys threw like something at him and nobody wanted to say. So at that point, I was, you know, like I believed in them. It was it was something that, you know, it was always instilled. And then when my dad died, I became a super atheist. I'm like, yo, my cousin passed away. My dad passed away. Friends are passing away. And it's like I'm at the time 28 years old. And, you know, I stopped, started, stopped believing and. It's crazy how they say believe in something because you'll fall for anything. And at that mm, point, it's good. I was it's good. falling for anything. And it was like, because I didn't believe, you know, you might call him Buddha, God, Jesus, Allah. But the same thing don't fucking matter. Yeah. Just good. believe in something. Because at the end of the day, their Bible or their book or whatever, it's about positivity. That's all you got to do. Like right now, you know, I have a daughter and, you know, she's going to be Catholic. And um, I'm just going to raise her to do positive things because ever since my accident, I gave up the negativity and I get it. Nothing comes easy, but it comes. It's, yeah. There'd be times where like, damn, how am I going to pay rent? Rent is in two days and boom. Oh, yo, I owe you money. I'm going to send it to your account the day before or hours before. So it's to the point where it's like, as long as in my heart, I know I'm doing it in a positive demeanor. I'm going to be good. Now, how do you stay in your faith? Because I think that, you know, at times it's like we'll find like these spirits are like we're in their faith, we're in the faith. But it's easy to get off the wagon. Oh, man. And I'm always off that wagon. But um, I think discipline. I've read in, um, I didn't read. I had an audio book. Uh, fuck, what audio book was it? It was an audio book. And actually, I took a seminar of one of my favorite tattoos. It was a dude named Franco Viscosi. He owns... Bishop uh, Bishop Rotary, and he said something. I wrote it down, and it says motivation is fake because motivation comes and goes, but discipline is key. Yeah, Pain fuels discipline, and that's when you fall off. When you fall off the wagon, you feel that pain, and it fuels. You don't want to feel that pain no more, so you fuel the discipline, and you just follow those rules, and 
once you follow those rules that you set, you're golden because like, don't matter, oh, this person got hurt or this is going on. You already have your game plan. Yeah. Just follow that game plan regardless if it's raining, snowing, whatever. That micro goal has a game plan. And once you reach that, that's when you could sob for yourself or whatever. Till then, you reach that bitch and that's it. Yeah, I like that you say that because, and I don't know if I told you this when you ran into me in the gym the other day, but my philosophy going into this new year is, all right, let's break it down to those micro goals, right? Because if I could start to knock those out, then next quarter I'll add two more. And 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 then by the end of the year, shit, I've compounded, you know, 12 months worth of, you know, goals that I'm doing. So like right now, I have to read 10 pages a day of a book and I have to run 1 mile. That's crazy. I ain't doing I ain't going too much crazier than that, right? Like do that that's going to trigger certain things, right? Because I'm running a mile, that means that sometimes I may not drink at a certain point of the day or at a certain time because I know I have to get that mile in, right? Or I may not do certain things or I'm going to be in the head right space to read. Yeah. So it, but it's, it's those little key things that will compound over time. It's like, I'm not a good saver, but I learned the science of saving and it's just taking a little bit and adding it to that pile. And, you know, that's all it is, whether you're saving your energy, mm, your vibes, good. your money, you know, like I stopped saving money when I read or listened to the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where, you know, you got to keep on spending money to make money. I just had I told you I had somebody here before uh, and our topic was mostly credit. And ironically, he touched on that Rich Dad, Poor Dad is what changed you know, his mindset and how he got onto the credit. Another thing is too, you talked, I love that you put it this way. You just said, saving your energy, right? Like there's certain things, I, while we're here, you know, and I have my phone mostly the time away, but while we're here, I just can't, like literally minutes ago, I just canceled something that was next on my plate. Why? Because I was like, I don't want to give my energy to that today. No, nah, people take. Like that was the energy. I like. Like I feel like now I'm, I have momentum. After this is two podcasts is in. You gotta just follow. So I right, perfect example. Um, right now I'm shop. Well, I was shopless. Uh, I'm opening my own. You're thing. in transition. You're in transition and phase. It, it happened since you know November, and it's crazy. Last May was was like last May. I was like, damn, I gotta figure out a way out of this shop situation with my partners, and life just pushes you towards it. So. Going back to this energy thing, people are like, yo, why don't you work for a person during the meantime or rent this? And I'm like, they get more of my energy than than I give out, like than I get in return because, you know, that's a big thing. Your energy, people are constantly sucking your energy, especially being a people person. You know, I was yeah. a barber. I was a tattooist to the point where I'm about to open my shop and I'm not going to hire nobody. Cause I'm just trying to preserve my energy. I'm getting too old. I got a daughter now and she's the only one that deserves my energy. You know That's what good. I mean? If That's I'm going to get upset, if I'm going to let anybody control my attitude, my energy, my mood, it's going to be this little thing that I created, <laughs> this ball of joy. And that's the only person that deserves my energy right now. And knowing that you have to preserve it, you know, I could have went work for another person, but look at it from a, my point of view. Um, the amount of marketing I bring, you, you expect me to pay a 50% or a 150 plus a, a day or a 50%, like 50% of my tattoo is $600. Yeah, yeah, 150 yeah. a day times 30 
days. That's outrageous. Usual rents, thirty five hundred a month. I can run a storefront for half that and have workers, but I'm I'm not beat no more. Then they're like, Oh, why don't you get workers or pay your rent off? Like, it's cool. If I was thinking about the money, I sell drugs. Yeah. I'm yeah. not in it for the money. I tattoo because I love it. Yeah. You know, I do art because I love it. And that's the energy I put into it. And you can see it in every tattoo I put. It's because of the love. And when I don't have love in the tattoo, you could tell. And now it's preserving that. You know, like I, I say no more than yes nowadays towards clients. Why? Because it's like I got 12, 13 years. Um, it's been a blur, you know. And, you know. It's to the point where if my heart ain't in it, I'm not going to spoil my brand yeah. because then they're going to walk around and you could tell the difference. I like knowing that like my work stands out for itself, especially after my accident. You know, there there's many people that try to steal your energy and there's people that always try to steer you off your path. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I take criticism. I listen to people, but I have a rule. If I'm going to listen to you, you have some, like I, perfect example, back in the day, I used to listen to gangsters and negative people mm. and it got me nothing now i listen to audiobooks now i want to learn how to tattoo i'm not gonna you know not to sound like an asshole if you ain't accomplished nothing i'm not listening to you bro yeah, like yeah, you yeah. accomplish something uh change the path of my of my lifestyle like you you altered our career you did something so now you know it's kind of hard to meet people like this so you know, time is money. Yeah. And you got to pay for it. You know, people be like, why you take seminars? I pay to go get this energy from yeah. this person. Yeah. Like, I want to absorb energy. If I'm a, I'm going to set up a guest spot, and like a booth for guest spots. The only people that I'm going to have guest spots because they add energy to my energy. Yeah. And we feed each other. Like, I only go guest spot. Like, I, I, I go to this one shop and it's crazy. I go to New York and it's called No Idols. And I always talk about it. I'm like, bro, every time I come over here, I remember first going over there, I wore headphones. And then I slowly now I could conversate while tattooing. And that's the thing that I don't do. Why? Because their energy is just pure. Like mm, they're not hating. They're, they're, I ask a question. I might ask a stupid question to most people, but they help me out. They help me transition. You know, now it's to the point where I ask some life questions like, father questions because their father's there and they're this and mind you i have i've been around people that were fathers and i won't ask them these questions yeah, yeah. like it's just to the point where their energy like you know everybody's human everybody cracks jokes you know but this is on a pure energy they're just pure man they don't mean no harm towards you they no animosity because a lot of people there's a, I'm, I'm a firm believer. People like seeing you do good, but they don't like seeing you do better. Better than them, for sure, for and sure. It's like over there, like I learned, you know, I perfect example. Recently, I went to Canada to go learn from this guy named Andy Foe. He's a phenomenal person. And it's crazy because, you know, I took many seminars and stuff. And he interviewed me before we even started. And he was like, yo, I'm happy that you ain't like a scumbag or this, that, and it was just an energy thing. Yeah. People understand, you know, when you're moving in high vibration, other people in high vibration understand. And it's like, now it's to the point where it's like, I want to keep on this high vibration, whether I'm not tattooing for a whole month or two months, or I got to take trips or just a regular who I surround myself with. Cause it's, it's like fruit. 
you put fruit with one rotten fruit, all yeah. of them are going to get got. Yeah. It is crazy because it's almost like this magnetic force. Like now you could almost see a motherfucker with a good vibration to him. Right. And I think that's what some people don't understand when you look at mentorships and you look at different relationships. It's like people want to be around people that they're like or they want to become like. And yes. I and I believe in that. And, and and what happens is is when I see like 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 think about our, even just our relationship. Like we've been around in the same you know area for a little bit to the point that it's like all right. But every time we interact, there's a certain energy, right? And we didn't yeah. just connect. Like yeah. I even asked you, I'm like, yo, I want to do this, but it was dope. We kind of like jabbed at each other slowly. I remember the first time, and mind you. Uh, David, the door was David. The David, door, David, David. David was like, yo, you need a link with him. And you leave. And I was just going like at that time I was going through something real toxic. You know, I I was just going through my discipline situation where I was just disciplined in my goals. And till I reached that, it wasn't like I couldn't do anything else because I was going through life situation, you know, and baby on the way and this toxic situation over here and just so many things being thrown at me that it was like, yeah, I, I remember telling you and I felt like I brushed you off. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And as time went by, I slowly, you know, we slowly came to what is today, the podcast. And I remember seeing you at the gym and I was literally going to New York and that was what, last week? Yeah, last week. And I, I knocked and you ain't even here. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Usually I'd be like, yo, I'm out of here. Fuck it. I was like, man, take two seconds. I opened up the door because I felt like I brushed you off and I didn't want to leave that energy because I know what it is. I brush off a lot of people and then I know what it is to get brushed off. So I was like, no, nah, I didn't want to, you know. So I walked in there. We had that convo and we here now. Yeah, it, it, and it's dope too because ironically, he told me a while too. He was like, yo, you know, he showed me who you were and was like, I'm like, yeah, we'll make it happen. And it just never happened at the time. But what I like about it was just like organic because I remember seeing you that day doing the video, right? And you're filming, you're going, we're going into the elevator and you're filming. And I just happened to ask, I'm like, yo, what are you guys filming for? And then you're like, oh, my YouTube, go check it out. And I asked the name or whatever, whatever. Somehow I got home. It just, it just clicked in my mind. Like, yo, go watch that video. I watched the video and now I'm hooked. I'm like, yo, you have, he has a story to tell. Like I seen the pain, I seen the vibration. And I call up, it happens to be that David is the, it's like it all aligned. It happens to be that David is the concierge that day. Yo, everything, you know what? I feel like everything is written. Yeah. Your path is written. Everything lines up perfect. It, it, it's You're never late. Yeah. It's always on time. Like, bro, I, I call him. It's funny. I call him and I'm like, yo, I know this is crazy, but call his apartment and ask if we could, if we could exchange numbers. And he was like, well, honestly... He's upstairs right now, like painting. Why don't you go? I was like, well, you ain't even got to finish your sentence. I'm going up there myself. All right, bye. And it was just the time you're actually creating art. I'm coming to tell you you're filming. It's crazy. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's how it works. And it's crazy. I'm a firm believer. What's meant to be is meant to be. Because like, yo, if it, it it's going to be hard. There's things in life that is going to be hard. But what's meant to be is not going to be hard. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's weird. It like flows. it just there's always work behind everything, but there's a flow to the work. You know what I mean? Do, do you believe in manifestation or law of attraction? Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's that's one of the big things, you know. I believe, so I have like a, before I set my goal, I think about it. I really think about it, and then I write it down. And when I'm writing it down, that the next step is achieving 
what I wrote down. And sometimes now it's to the point next to my door on the way out, I have a whiteboard. And on that whiteboard, I write what I have to achieve and how I have to achieve it. And I cross it out once I achieve it. You know, there's a difference about just manifesting it and just having it in the back of your head and or actually looking at it every day and forcing yourself to to look at it and 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 make it happen, you know, like you know, people always wait to be motivated. Fuck motivation, bro. Just make it fucking happen. Mm. Yo, I wanted to do YouTubing for since I 2016 since my accident. And not till last year, and I I thought about money, even though YouTube cost me hella bread. My first YouTube cost me about 10K. Wow. And I'm thinking of, you know, right now I'm doing educational and I'm kind of seeing it, but I get more love off of my just lifestyle. So I'm going to swing towards that. And I already, you know, like, I get it. Like, I I like nice things and a lot of things that I like, people like too. So I'm just going to start recording it. And... But it took me almost three years to grow the balls to do what I got to do and and actually do it. And I remember when I did, I was like, yo, fuck it, just do it. We're just going to do it. And ironically, once I said I'm going to do it, everything popped up. The game plan, everything. I'm going to paint my accident with my boy Matt Hurtado at his. I'm going to take a class with him while I learn. We're going to sit down and we're going to paint this. And then I get to talk to one of my idols, his brother, Nico Hurtado, and talk to him, chop it up about life because he gives some good advice, crack some good jokes, give some good advice. And I, I needed that at that point. And, you know, like reassurance. And, you know, at the time I, I was leaving. Yo, so my shop that I just have, I sold my guns that I legally bought. I sold my my necklaces. I sold all my jewelry. I sold everything to make it happen. And then it was like I got in a situation that I'm in now. And I was like, do I just walk away from this? And the hardest part sometimes in life is just walking away. Mm, Because you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. But now that I'm looking at it, it's like, I should have been walked away. What the fuck? What's (laughs) wrong with me? And the scariest part is not knowing. The unknown is scary to most people. For sure. And, you know, it's like, fuck. And it gave me the same feeling of walking away from Jersey. Even though I moved countless of times but this time was a feeling after my accident was like i ain't never coming back like i never felt like that i moved to florida i moved to miami when i was younger and i moved and i lived out for like two years or a year and a half but i never felt like i ain't never coming back and like people ask me all the time yo you gonna come back you make more money out here all right but it ain't about the money at this point it's not about the money it's about happiness because if you ain't happy you're just gonna wither yourself away and just be miserable and not. Yo, there's enough problems in a life to be miserable over right. one thing. You could control your happiness. And, you know, a lot of people, I'm, it doesn't mean I walk around with a smile every day. I'm, I look upset all the time because there's a lot of goals that I have to reach. But one thing I learned was happiness is a job. You know, yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. cultivate it. If you, you don't maintain culti- it, that's good. Like if you don't cultivate it, you ain't happiness never going to be happy. Job. I like that. I love that. All right, now to wrap it up, man, and I, and I love we transition through a lot of these journeys, right? So you've been through this phase of, you know, near-death, death experience. You've been in this phase of, you know, pills and, and going through the yeah. pain. And then, you know, now, like... Addiction. Yeah, addiction and all of that. And then now, like, coming up and just being clear on it. Like, what... At, at, at this season of your life and, and going through all of that, 
what is your outlook now on life? Like, you know, like meeting God and, 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 and going through all this, what is your outlook? Like, how could you, I guess, simplify it? Or what is your outlook and what advice you have for people going through things? Just figure yourself out. Like right now, like I never asked myself who I am, what I am, what I like. I just, you know, I did. I wore clothes that, you know, was trending. I, everything, you get manipulated by all angles. Now I'm I'm starting to get older, starting to understand myself more. And the more I understand myself, the easier life has been and the more happier. Like, just figure yourself out and don't go against it. Like, stay firm with what you are and who you are and that's it. Like, people are not gonna like it. People are gonna get scared that you're becoming more powerful and you're starting to understand. But that's fine, let them be scared because you're becoming more powerful. And it is what it is, you know? It doesn't mean you're going to be richer or this, but it's going to mean that you're going to live a better life. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Nah, man, that was, that was good. That was good. And it's like, it's something for the last couple of months that I've been really preaching to everybody. But when I'm preaching to everybody is really preaching to myself is just operating your gifts. Right. I think the more that we could operate, like, this is my gift communication. Like I'm under, like, and it's crazy because like you said, the more you understand yourself, is the more power you give yourself and inevitably is the more power you give the people around you to believe fully in what they're doing. Yeah. But what I like to say is like, man, the 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 more that I'm operating in my gifts is the more that I'm going to be all right. Because, the, you know, like like speaking and this is like there's a thousand people doing it, but there's a thousand people doing it for the wrong reasons because they see somebody else but do nobody, it. So you just hit. A button. So, you know, a lot of people be like, there's a million tattoos, there's a million people, but there's not a million people. Like, they're like, oh, why are you going to teach? You're going to give your secrets away. I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I give you every secret. You're still not going to be able to produce what I see in my head. Yeah. Like, I can't even produce what I see in my head. I'm just trying to produce it. And there's going to be a million and one by next week, but it don't matter. As long as somebody is going to see what you're trying to push out there and they're going to accept it. Yeah, if you're following in your flow and your vein, there's room, man. I feel like there's always room because... There's, there's enough food for everybody to eat. Yeah, there's more people, man. There's more people. We're producing more people. So it's like, as one person, I can't service everybody. And and, and everybody's not going to like me. And everybody's Facts. not going to love me. And that's something also, too, that I had to come to understanding with, too. Oh, uh, man, trust me. I, I was big on trying to please people heavy. Now it's to the point where it's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I tried my best. I guess, you know, it is what it is. Yep. It's a wrap. But my brother, man, I really appreciate you um, coming on. We had a really, like, super dope conversations and just going through the journey. I appreciate being here, man. Nah, it was dope. Um, any last thing you want to leave the people with and um, then tell them how to follow you? Shit, just, you know, check out my YouTube right now. It's like We're getting the transitioning from, you know... Education, I'm gonna do education, I'm gonna do lifestyle, I'm just gonna do anything. I'm gonna have my daughter on there. Um, it's Skeety Johnson, you know. You could also find me on Instagram, Skeety underscore Johnson, or everything's on my website, www.skeetyjohnson.art. Nice. Um, and I'll make sure I'll get all of that. So in the bio in the description, we'll make sure that we appreciate have that. Appreciate uh, that. Uh, um, clickables. But man, any last advice you have for the world or any last peace of mind anything you want to say to close um, out yeah man just at the end of the day if whatever you do do it just for yourself because if you end up in jail you're in jail by yourself you die you die by yourself if 
you're in the hospital, you're in the hospital by yourself. I get people are going to be there with you, with you in that journey. But at the end of the day, be true to yourself, you know, because you're going to you only got yourself, you know, even though if you got kids and all that, I understand that. But at the end of the day, their well-being is your well-being. So you got to protect that. Mm, that is good. I love that. We're going to end on that note. Skitty Johnson, guys. I love, like, just being around him, man, I love his story. I love his pain. I love what he's doing to channel that pain and that energy and, and, and just his career and what he's he's really living within himself. And you could tell, like, you, I see him around a lot. You could tell that you're living and you're truly embodying that. And that's the type of, like, especially when I seen the video, I'm like, I got to get him on. People need to know his story. How did you come up? You know, your mindset. So I, I think it's super dope. I'm going to drop his information in, in the bio and the description. Make sure you go check it out. We're trying to make his YouTube sizzle right now. Like fajitas coming out at Chili's. I like that. So make sure that you hit the subscribe button for him. Um, go follow him on IG and all of that good stuff. You know how we do it in the New Rich community. We like to support our own. And then, you know... What I like to close on, if you like this and this is your first time listening, make sure you hit my subscribe button on the top. And I know that if you listen to this point all the way through, I already know you love to hear everything that you heard. So scroll down, scroll down, scroll down and give us make sure you give us that five stars. I love and appreciate you guys. Go check out the, the merch on BeNewRich.com.